What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 27. Let's go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports equivalent, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. Boy. It's like I've been a while, but I'm so glad to be back here with you guys. And you know how I like to get down. You know what you have to do. Like, subscribe, share, leave a comment, tell a friend to tell a friend. Remember, give me about three listens. Pick, we've got 27 shows we have out. 27. Pick three. Pick three. Give me 15-minute listen. I promise you that you will get hooked. And if you don't get hooked, watch three more episodes. And after that, I promise you, you'll get hooked. And if you're not hooked after those episodes... Watch three more. Then you'll finally be hooked. Because if you watch nine, you in. You, 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 you are in. But you guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation at the top. Because let's be honest. A lot of you are not going to be here at the end. And that's okay because I am not for everybody. All right. Here's what I got for you guys today. This is, this is a message. Um, this quote came from Brianna Pastor. And I titled this thing kind of, there's someone who's watching this. There is someone who is watching this, male, female, whoever, that is watching this, that needs to hear this. And the message is this. You are needed. You are needed. Despite how you may feel right now, you are needed. In fact, say it with me. Right now, you, you say it along with me. I'm going to say you, you're going to say I. You, you say I, are needed. Here's what Brianna had to say. There are people waiting to meet you. People waiting to love you. There are places that stand still until you step foot in them. Something really beautiful could happen for you in the morning. There's so much waiting for your arrival. Arrive there. Go. Be present. You're needed. Think about that. There is someone waiting to love you. There is someone waiting to need you, to meet you. Whatever it is you have, it is the connecting piece to someone else's life. You possess that. You possess that. I am here to tell you today, you are needed. Don't give up on life. Yes, life gets difficult for me, for you, for us, for everybody. But you're needed. Yes, you are needed. Say it with me. You, I, am needed. This is not for you. This is for me. I need to remind myself. I'm needed. I am needed. Someone needs me daily. Someone needs you daily as well. All right? So never forget that you are needed be present, move your feet, be that connecting piece to something or someone that you were strategically designed for. You are needed. All right, let's get into this thing. The Cowboys had their bye week. Thankfully, thank you. No one got in trouble. Remember, there was a time in Cowboy, <laughs> there was literally a time in Cowboy history. 
that it seemed like every time there was a bye week, someone got arrested. There was someone in the news for doing something illegal and getting arrested. Now, let's cross our fingers because we haven't heard any reports from the weekend. But everybody went and did their off seat, their, their bye week thing, came back in one piece. No, no DUIs, no domestic violence, no guns, no speeding, no accidents, no none of that. So there's a level of maturity happening in the Cowboys locker room. I appreciate that. We appreciate that as a fan base. We don't have to worry about no one getting suspended because you and I both know Roger Goodell always seemed to take it out a little bit more aggressively when it comes to the suspensions of Cowboy players. So no Cowboys were arrested during the bye week. And as I begin to look as they're getting ready to take on the L.A. Rams this Sunday at 12 noon at AT&T Stadium. It's not quite the halfway. Cowboys are four and two, right? So let's call it the quarter half, right? It's their bye week, but it's not quite halfway through the season. I would say Thanksgiving kind of gives you the halfway point. So we're approaching that, but we're not quite there yet. So we'll call it the quarter half. And for me, the quarter half grade, and you can do this at home. You can do this on your own time. You can tweet me at Mr. Fort along on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, and let me know what you think. What is your grade? For me, the Cowboys grade for the quarter half point of the season is, I'm going to say a B. And the reason why I say a B is because you had some very dominating wins. Now, you can go back and look and say, well, the Giants – aren't as good as I thought they would be this year. The Jets are kind of middling around, right? The Jets are kind of in this pattern of we don't know. We we don't know. Defensively, they could be really good. Offensively, they have their ups and downs. Who is, what is Zach Wilson as a quarterback? How, how will uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Robert Sala figure this thing out to kind of give Zach Wilson the confidence but also protect him from himself and not lose the locker room? Right, losing will help you lose. The, like losing will definitely speed up the process of losing the locker room. But the Cowboys, you know, won those games. They beat the Patriots, and what a god awful team that is. Even though they won this weekend, God, the Bills. We'll talk about them later. But the Cowboys had the whoops loss against the Arizona Cardinals, and then they had the demoralizing loss against the Niners. They came back and beat the L.A. Chargers. A week or so ago. So for me, the Cowboys are in that B-ish grade. There's still hope. Um, I wouldn't call them Super Bowl contenders. They are contenders in the NFC. Um, I think they're still behind the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see that matchup in two weeks. But right now, I, I will say the Cowboys are sitting at a B. There are still some things and some areas that I want to see improved. I'll start with the head coach. To me, the head coach and the play caller, Mike McCarthy, I was on the, I had a phone conversation with, with, a, with a former NFL quarterback um, who recently played in the league. And one of the things that we talked about in Mike McCarthy's offense was he is handcuffing Dak Prescott in the way that he's calling games. And from that quarterback's perspective, they looked up and said, I wouldn't want to be Dak Prescott right now. You can see the level of hesitancy in his decision-making. He's not letting the ball rip. Um, He's kind of in this weird box of, 
I'm going to do exactly what the coach said I'm supposed to do because I'm a good soldier, and if this is what the coach wants me to do, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and sometimes you kind of want that little bit of effort. I think that might have been – I think this is where the, the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy begin to dissipate. And those last couple of years in Green Bay – Aaron Rodgers had kind of rose to, he was already a star quarterback, but he had kind of really, really, really gotten to this, I'm an independent, I'm an independent woman. Now, I'm this independent dude where I'm going to challenge everything that you do. If what you're calling and what you're, you're, you're asking me to do as a quarterback is contrary to what I believe should happen on the football field, I'm going to challenge you. And I just don't feel like Dak is that type of quarterback. Like He doesn't have that Aaron Rodgers where, F it, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to challenge your call. And anything that you think is right, I've been around long enough to tell you that, yeah, it is right or no, it's not right. And I'm going to make the necessary adjustments to it on the fly. I think Dak is more of a, uh, more of a suit and tie. I'm going to do what the coach asked me to do. I'm not going to buck the system. I'm not going to. And I think that is hindering his game. So I think Mike McCarthy has to get out of his own way and get out of his quarterback's way and help his quarterback just feel better, be more comfortable. I thought when you saw Dak Prescott calling that last preseason game with, with uh, who, who was the quarterback? Mike, was it Mike White? Whoever the quarterback, not White Mike, it was um, uh, Will Greer. When Mike when when Mike gave Mike McCarthy gave Dak Prescott the ability to call, I thought I was like, man, these two dudes are vibing. They're coming together, and, and Dak is and Mike is kind of hearing what Dak is calling and seeing. Okay, this is what my quarterback likes to do in these situations, and I thought, man, you should be able to take that energy and that information and input it in what you do as a play caller. So I, I start at the top with Mike McCarthy, and you have to become a better play caller. Um, and then that kind of leads into, we talk about the receivers, and I know that we talked about C.D. Lamb and his, his, his upsetness of playing with my money. It's like playing with my emotions. I'm not getting the targets. I'm not getting the looks. I'm in a contract year. I need to have the numbers look like the big dogs in the league at the receiver position because I want to get paid like them. And we came into this year, we were super excited, uber excited about, boy, the Cowboys have signed Brandon Cooks, a walking 1,000-yard receiver everywhere he has been in the National Football League. His speed, his talent, his leadership, I think his leadership has been phenomenal. I think his, his, his maturity, his understanding, his poise has been phenomenal for guys in that locker room, especially the younger guys. But what he is as a talent, understand this, what he is as a talent is not being utilized. And so we thought, boy, we have a, we have a bona fide number two wide receiver. But let's be honest. Like if we're, if I'm, I'm, this is just me and you talking. Brandon Cooks is a one-trick pony. One trick pony is speed. Now, it is the coach's job to take that one trick pony and give it layers. This is why I started with Mike McCarthy. Because one thing I do know, when Brandon Cooks is on the football, when, when the scouting report gets to the DB's hands and they're looking at it, 
that that D coordinator, he goes, hey, this guy, he fast. He real fast. So the DB's first thought process when you line up against a guy like Brandon Cooks is speed is the first thing that comes to my mind. So I'm always playing the speed component every single time if I'm a DB. I'm playing speed and reacting to everything else. I'm, play, I'm playing taking the top off and reacting to everything else. But then once you get the sample size of who a player is, what an offensive coordinator is, how they're running things, now I could begin to take educated guesses on what they're going to do. And especially if I know that I have a too high safety, I got, I got help over the top. Now I don't worry as much about the speed. And now I can begin to press guys like Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and disrupt the timing of what they want to do in the West Coast offense. The West Coast offense is one, two, three, ball out. One, two, three, four, five, ball out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ball out. And those drop back steps are matched with what the receiver is supposed to do. So if that gets to one, two, three, four, five, and Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup or C.D. Lamb is being jammed up and that timing is being thrown off, he's not ready to throw the football because they aren't in a position to receive it. This is when you see Dak Prescott look like he's back there playing with the ball and looking for a guy, looking for a guy, looking for a guy. And then now you see him necessarily not be as accurate as he wants to be because, again, in his mind, my feet matches the routes. And Brandon Cooks, no fault, no fault of his own, his one-trick pony is not being utilized. His trick for that pony isn't being utilized properly. And so, in essence, you have a guy on the football field that has a gift and a talent that's not being utilized, nullifies him on the football field. You're better off leaving him on the sideline, if that makes sense. It's, it's not that not play him, but if you're not going to play him to his strength, take him off the football field. Because you've, you've, you've eliminated the advantage that he brings. You know what I'm saying? If, there, if, if a dude is 300 pounds and he's a great run blocker or whatever, why keep putting this guy on the field to be a pass set guy? No, run behind him. Like, run behind him. Just, just use the skill. Good coaches use the skill set to their ability. And so I think that's something that has to happen in the, the, the grand scheme of the offense. You can talk about the running back. Um, you know the sad part about what's happening with Tony Pollard? And he's not having a bad year. But there was this hope that Tony Pollard was going to take this thing over and be the next whoever. But I lived this story. I literally lived this story. With, with, I played with Marion Barra and Felix Jones. You know when Felix Jones was really, really, really good? Even dating back to college. When he ran behind Aaron McFadden, when he ran behind Marion Barber, God rest his soul. Yeah, Felix Jones, when he came in and he got his 10 to 15 snaps, boy, he was moving. But when Felix Jones had to come in and carry 25 to 30 snaps, boy, that piano got heavy. Just didn't hit those holes as holes, not the holes. Didn't hit those holes as quick as he did before. Didn't have that long getaway burst speed like he did before. I think you're seeing a little bit of that with Tony Pollard. And this offensive line that we begged for to get whole hasn't been as good as they need to be. As a unit, together, the best five. The best five that we wanted out there haven't been the best five for this offense. 
And I think when you look defensively, the injuries are beginning to mount up. Trayvon Diggs is gone. Now you talk about Leighton Van Der Esch being gone. And now guys have to play these hybrid positions. Micah Parsons is playing back and forth. Sometimes you line him up at nose tackle. Sometimes he's at end. Sometimes he's at linebacker. Marquise Bell, who's playing some fantastic football right now, is playing hybrid linebacker. Damone Clark is, 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 is your middle linebacker. And then you, you have all these hybrid um, um, guys out there on the football field. And sometimes they're really good at what they do. They are. Marquise Bell had a phenomenal game against the Chargers. Phenomenal. But they're getting ready to go up against a coach and McVay who was going to find the, the, the matchup. And the biggest part about this Cowboys defense has been the inconsistency. And I think that there's still an inability to consistently stop the run. And bet your bottom dollar, and then maybe not so much this week with the Rams, next week for sure against Philadelphia. Because you're going to get a, a healthy dose of Swift and, and, and you're going to get a Jalen Hurts and others. So the Cowboys, I hope during this bye week that Dan Quinn was able to sit down and really adjust and, and assess how he could be better at, at the run defense. Because if teams, when you, when, you get, when you get into this November, December portion of the year, teams want to grind on you and lean on you and really inflict uh, uh, um, pain and they're, they're assert their dominance on you. And if you're not able to stop it, then they're just going to keep doing it. Because once you get to that 6th, 7th, 8th game of the year, blueprint's out. This is what they do. This is what they do well. This is what they don't do well. And there's very little things that you can do to change that. Like there's little tweaks that you can make at this point in time of the year. But overall, you're not wholesale changing anything. You can't. At this, at this juncture in the season, you can't just wholesale your offense can't wholesale your defense. Tweak it. Tweak it a little bit and, and, and get some things hopefully redefined. Um, give yourself an advantage. But wholesale changes, nah, not happening. I think the one thing that the Cowboys can do, and there's multiple spots they can do that on, is trade. The trade deadline is coming up October 31st. Ooh, spooky season. Will the Cowboys be buyers during that time? And there's a bunch of names floating around. You, you know, some people are like, hey, what about Mike Evans? I'm like, hey, what about Gabe Davis up in, in Buffalo? I like him as a red zone target, good route runner. Some people are saying, what about Derrick Henry in, in, in Tennessee? Some people are asking for DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee. Some people are asking for, uh, there's a quarterback in Chicago. There's, a, there's people asking for, what can we give to get Patrick Sertain? Are they selling over there? What can we So there's a, a bunch of areas where I think the Cowboys, you know, maybe some offensive line. But I think offensive line, and, and my good friend Nate Newton says, he says, if you're going to trade for an offensive lineman, it's got to be the guy. It has to be a guy. It has to be like, I'm not saying Trent Williams, but it has to be a Trent Williams, Kelsey, Lane Johnson type guy. Like you just can't trade for a guy just to have a guy. Like you got to have a guy, a dude, that's going to go in that offensive line. Guys talking about maybe Aaron Donald. You heard Jonathan Allen have his, <laughs> have his cussing battle. Maybe he's upset in Washington. Maybe there's, maybe there's a market for Jonathan Allen. 
Bring in another guy who can help that defensive line. There are a ton of possibilities. Are the Cowboys going to be traded? Now, this is me being messy. You ready? Okay, here I go. This is Jesse being messy. Because right now, and we'll get into this, the Rangers are topic of discussion. They're going to the World Series. You know. You know old Daddy Jerry don't, know, don't like nobody in his town getting the headlines over him. And at two and at four at four and two right now, the Cowboys are kind of they're 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 not they're they're not headline news, right? People are still putting them in their A block. I'm still talking about them first. But nationally, nationally, even locally, the Rangers, rightfully so might I add, are kind of getting the headlines. And Jerry can get on all his TV shows and radio shows that he wants and says, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the Rangers fans. He, he, he strategically said, though, yeah, yeah, I'm rooting for the Rangers, but, uh, you know, I, I, I have a deal with Legends Food Services. And so I find myself in the box of the Yankees a lot because their owner and, my, and myself, we, we run the Legends thing. And, and so, yeah, I, I'm going Rangers. But I ain't been in no games in a couple years. I spend more time at the Yankees with their in their box because of the legends. We, we're legends. We're we're making money together. Old Jer, Jerry don't like nobody having the headlines. So maybe Jerry goes back and he snatches those headlines back. He makes this blockbuster trade. Maybe he goes and he brings a guy like Aaron Donald in town. My 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 Darren, Aaron Donald was my MCM. Fred Warner's my MCM now, but 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 he's my number two. He was my number one for a long time. Fred Warner's my my new MCM. But you bring a guy like Aaron Donald in town. That's that 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 will make the that that will be big news. Jerry, old Jerry, might snatch those headlines back. Jerry's like, well, I know the NBA is coming up, and I will talk about Luca and company, and the Rangers are doing their thing, and the star. Hey, 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 now. Hey, hey, hey. I'm okay with y'all doing all right, as long as you ain't doing better than me. I, I, I'm okay with y'all having a little success, as long as y'all ain't doing better than me. And when you look about, when you look around, you're saying to yourself, "Well, Jerry, Rangers have been to a World Series now twice in 2011, and now in 2023, you ain't been in the Super Bowl." 2010-2. So they've been there three times. Well, Mavericks won a championship 2011. Made a nice little playoff run in the bubble. Get a lot of attention. When's the last time the Stars have been to the Stanley Cup? Have they been to the Stanley Cup? No. They're in the West Conference Finals. Everybody around town. Just get to their conference championship at least. It's been 30 plus years for the Cowboys. 27. I'm, 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 at little, I'm rounding up to the nearest 10. So I wouldn't be shocked if old Jerry, with the trade deadline, made a splash. Give me back my headlines. That's how Jerry likes to get down. Media marketing 101. Nobody does it better than Jerry. But overall, I give the Cowboys a B. And I'll break down their game with the Chargers, excuse me, with the Rams coming up later this week. 
But yeah, overall the B, there's still a lot of room for improvement. There is. They 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 have like this next couple of games. They have some winnable games in it. Right? They play the Panthers. That's that's a winnable game. Like you can't you can't have any more Arizonas in your schedule, right? You can't have any more like lose to Arizona again. You can't lose to the Panthers, who hasn't won a game this season. You go up to Seattle. That's a tough game. But you can't lose to Seattle because you have a stretch of games where it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging. It's going to be challenging. You'll have Philadelphia again. You'll have Miami. You'll have Buffalo in Buffalo in December, who they can be very disappointing. But remember, everybody gets up for the Cowboys. So when you make that trip up to Buffalo in December, those folks going to be out there jumping on tables. Got to show up for those games. So the Cowboys have a little bit of cushion in these next couple of games where they, they should win. Philly, I don't know. That's a that's a toss up. I always have them splitting with Philly, but there's other wins in there that they they must have, they must have. But we'll see. Trade deadline October 31st, 4 p.m. Central uh, Eastern Standard Time. We'll see if Old Jera makes a move. He's always said, "You have no idea of the kind of check I would write if it would guarantee me a Super Bowl." Got a chance to open a checkbook. They have, they have about $13 million in cap. And I'm one of the people that believe the cap isn't real because now you can have these voided years. You can, you can, you can restructure people contracts. And, and, and whatever money that you need, you can, make, you can make happen. If he's worth it. If you are what you say you are, Jerry. If you are the, 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 the oil man, the man that's willing to take a chance. If you believe your team is a player or two away, why not go get them? If you truly believe that this team is a player, that this team right now is a Super Bowl contending team, why not go get the player or two that you desperately need that's going to get your team over the top? We'll see. We'll see. But more to come for the Cowboys later on this week as they get ready uh, to come back from the bye week. I hope all those guys are refreshed. Get ready for the bye week. Um, and get ready to take on the L.A. Rams at AT&T Stadium at 12 noon. Early, I like early games. I like early games. Gives me a chance to get it in, get it out. Quickie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jay Ali, I don't mind a good quickie. And then be able to watch the rest of the games um, tomorrow, well, Sunday afternoon. All right, man, as we move. Let's go, Rangers! Let's go, Rangers. I gave you guys the Rangers win. They beat Big Bro. See, I gave the speech. I gave the Uncle Ronnie speech to the wrong team. I gave the Uncle Ronnie speech to the Cowboys that they got ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers. And they went in one ear and out the freaking other. But I think somebody from the Rangers was watching that episode. I was like, gather around. <laughs> Adolis, come here. Corey, come here. Max, you got a minute? Come over. Marcus, hey, come here, man. Mitch, you, Mitch, I want you guys to watch something. They gathered around. And whoever that person was, hit play. 
And there I was. And I told this riveting story about no longer being little bro. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. No more little bro. You're not going to nuggy me. You're not going to wet bully me. You're not going to put your hand on my forehead and have me swinging all aimlessly throughout the air while you stand there and laugh at me. No more sending me back inside the grandma crying. No more little bro. And as they gathered around and they heard the story about Uncle Ronnie and how I rose up to big bro. And I firmly planted my feet on the ground as you can't little bro me. They gathered around. Bochy came in a little late. He was doing media. And they watched me give that story. And I think it fueled them. I think it fueled them because when they went against big bro, they said, uh-uh. And not only are we not going to be little bro no more, we're going to win it all of our games on your territory. That's right. We took the first two in Houston. Then we came back and finished you off in Houston. So guess what? Yeah, I know that you've been seven times in a row. No more little bro. No more little bro. The Yankees win 11-4, to winning the series 4-3 over the Houston Afro. What, what happened? You said the Yankees. Oh, I said the Yankees. Excuse me. <laughs> Jerry, get out, get out of there, Jerry. The Rangers, excuse me, the Rangers, the Yankees. The Rangers win 11-4, winning the series, winning the AL pennant 4-3. And boy, was it a game. Corey Seager started off with a solo homer in the first. And that's been one of the guys that, if there's anyone who's had the playoff experience, the knowledge, Corey Seager showed up in him. Like, that's how, you, that's how you step up to the plate and say, follow me, guys. Follow me. I, I'm going to show you how to do this. Corey Seager does what he does. Mitch Garver gets into the action. And what about El Bombe? Woo! Everyone said, what was that, game five, six? The five? When El Bombe was hit, benches clear. They said, oh, you woke up the Astros. Nah. Now, Bombay said you woke up me. I don't know how to say it in Spanish, but if I did, and I won't insult anybody by faking it, El Bombay said, you woke me up. I'm up now. You hit me? On purpose? By the way, baseball, this whole bench clearing thing, I'm not the toughest guy in the world. And I actually don't want to fight 90% of the time. But if I was like a bullpen pitcher, I don't know if I'm running way out there to, to home plate. That's got to be 150 yards. That's got to be. That's a football feeling to have. You all know my story. 
77 yards got me. <laughs> so imagine what it's like for me. I got to run 150. How do you? And I know these are world-class athletes. Some of them. Elbombe is a world-class athlete. Montgomery, he a little bit on the Husky side. There's certain guys a little thick. You know what I mean? Like a little bowl berry biscuit. You mean to tell me dude, there's no way dudes are running 150 yards and not winded to ready to fight. You, I, I, know, I know grown men fights. Grown men don't have... Like, this ain't a wrestling match. We ain't going 30 minutes. Grown men got like five minutes max for a fight before we're exhausted. You run 150 yards, half that's gone. But anyway, the Rangers win. I am a fan of Bruce Bochy. The only manager in MLB history to take not one, not two, but thres teams to the World Series. Not only that, he's 6-0 in winner-take-all postseason games. I think he's also 6-7-0 or when he wins game one of a series of the playoffs. I want to say, I want to say he is. Don't quote me on it, but I want to say he is. And you talk about, like, the regular season is great. It's it's fun. It's fantastic. It's it's where you the regular season is where you establish yourself. The postseason is where you make a name. And I don't think there's a player on this Rangers team that has made a bigger name for themselves than Adonis Garcia. A player that's been called uh, down for assignment twice, meaning anybody could have picked him up. This is why a lot of times coaching matters. Coaching matters in situations like this. But when you look at what he's done, I got the numbers here. I'm going to pull them up because I don't want to get this wrong. I want to make sure I'm right with my numbers. These numbers are, are, are courtesy of Tay. So if they're wrong, blame him. For Adolis, he has the most RBIs by Ranger in a single postseason, single postseason series. In the postseason in general. Is that right? 17. In 12 games. It's a lot. He went to 20, actually. He went to 20. So, so now he's 20. 20 RBIs total. His 20 RBIs total. You did say that right there. Mm-hmm. You did say that. And the most RBIs in a championship series, 14. He was cracking at then he, I thought he had three. He had two in, 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 in game seven. Then he pimped that. He pimped. It should have been at least a double, but he pimped it. I'm and I, I'm not a baseball purist, ladies and gentlemen. I enjoy watching the game. I follow the game. I lean on other people to help me understand the game better. I come from a sport, football and basketball, where you're able to pimp certain things. In basketball, you dunk on somebody, you can scream. You can yell. You can kind of celebrate. You shake somebody, you can go, ooh. You hit, you hit a shot on somebody, you can do your shimmy. Baseball, everything's about a celebration. It is celebration central. So when I see a guy like pimp a home run, I see a pitcher stare a joker down, like, I'm for it, guys. And, and I'm sorry, baseball peers, you got to let that go. Like, this is a new age. 
I like that the younger guys are doing more of it. The Juan Soto's of the world. The 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 uh, Bryce Harper does it. Uh, Adolis Garcia does it. Um, pimp it out, man. Like if I crack a grand slam in an ALCS, what? You better hope I don't piss on each base as I'm walking around. Stops on first, on second. I, I'm you pimp this out. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. But the Rangers are heading to the World Series. I'm excited. This city, it's a baseball city. No, it's not really a baseball city, but it's fun. Winning is fun. It's fun to be around winning. This is a team when you look at the Rangers who 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 you have to credit their level of resiliency. There's only the fourth team in MLB history to have 68 wins one season and then the next season go to the World Series. Talk about a turnaround. 99 wins this year? Something like that? The 90? How many wins? Know yeah. the difference or total? No, no, total. Uh, I believe it was 89. 89 wins? So you're talking about 20, 21 wins? That's deep? That's what she said. False. Well, that's, uh, well, it's deep. Whatever. But the fact of the matter is this is a team who – Talk about the ebbs and flows of an MLB 162-game season. Injuries, losing streaks, 90. winning streaks, 90 wins. It's a major improvement. And now they find themselves in the World Series. They've been able to lose pitchers, lose hitters. Guys can't, don't know which way is up, who's on first. They're the hottest team in baseball. They're the sorriest team in baseball. Come down to the final game of the season. They lose that game. The Astros win the West. And then now you got to just, you got to figure it out again for the postseason. And they figured it out. And this team, talking about gelling and coming together at the right time. I said this a couple of shows before. Just having that right mixture of old players and young players. Having a guy like Corey Seager and having a guy like Evan Carter. A kid who, who is cold as ice. Water in his ice in his veins. That 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 type of what you've seen from Evan Carter in the playoffs, you that just doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. For a caliber of kid, when you talk about nobody knew who he was, and for all intents and purposes, it sounded like at first it was just like kind of a September call up, like you know what, let's just call we you know let's just call him up, and it worked. And everybody finding a role to play, like that is huge. That is big time, man. And now we wait the results of the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies and see what that game comes out to be. You know, I prefer Arizona. I think it's going to be Philly. By the time this comes out, we'll have our answer. But if you've never been to Philly, you really don't want to go to Philly. You don't. It stinks. Like, literally, the place stinks. Sorry, any people that live in Philadelphia. But the people are nasty. It's nasty. And they're actually a good baseball team. I, I'd rather Arizona. I'd rather Arizona. The path of least resistance for me. I think Arizona is the path of least resistance of the World Series. And, whoa, what, a, what would the parade route be? Am I, am I, am I, and I know baseball people. Dallas Arlington. Three parades? No. Nobody's doing three parades. One parade. Arlington. Figure it out. Like, but, you know, and baseball people, like, I know Jesse, Jesse, don't jinx the series before it even starts talking about a parade route. Man, shut up. 
Shut up. I can talk about a parade route. It's fun. It's the World Series. Like, you're not supposed to even be here. You're, you're like a year or two ahead of what the scheduled success was supposed to be. So where would the where would where would the parade route go? You gotta go through the stadium, so you gotta be Arlington, right? Don't do it in Dallas. Don't do it in Fort Worth. Gotta be Arlington. Figure it out. I'll be there. Front running. I'm a front runner. Oh, they're like you did baseball all year. I'll be at the parade. So what? So what? Get a Rangers hat and T-shirt and everything. So what? Winning is fun. Everybody loves winners. Rangers, uh, game one this Friday, 7 o'clock. Tune in. And also, you know, and maybe this is just me, but I watched the game and, and, and you know, I, I, there are those announcers were heavy pro Houston. Especially you, Big Poppy. Heavy pro um, smoke a lot of they were pro Houston and maybe that's the angle they go with. I don't know how like baseball how the script is written for the media coverage, but it felt like it was heavy pro Astros and I get it they've been there seven years in a row they were big bro like but it, I felt it was heavy Astros leaning heavy Astros the the narrative was pointed at the Astros being the dominant team, the bigger the bigger catch of the game, and, and just overall it was coming from a, a a pro Astros perspective. Didn't like it, didn't like it one bit. But now, little bro, y'all little bro now, home. Big bros headed to the World Series, Friday 7 p.m. Central Time. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. All right, let's go around the NFL. Just a couple of key games. Cowboys were off this week, but there were one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Five games that really, really tickled my fancy. And uh, the first one, and I'm sorry. Sorry. Just, it seems like, you know how sometimes you, 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 you may give a spouse or a child or someone their flowers and then as soon as you give them a little bit of love, they go and wet the bed. I gave a whole segment to the Motor City Dan Campbells, the MCDC. I gave Detroit Lions. I was like, Puff, the Detroit Lions are here. Five and one. They're talked about with the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Niners. Whoa, Dan Campbell, what a great job that you've been doing. This team has figured it out in the ownership has been patient and you've been patient and now you finally put this team together and what do you do Detroit you in the words of my, of, of my guy uh, what is his name Mr. Go 30 you pissed down your legs uh, 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 it's a big game you know Davis Dave, it's a big game uh, 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 I don't know what to do. We're playing Lamar Jackson. He's a little better athlete than us and it's the Ravens and, and they're a really good team and so what do I do? I pissed down my leg. Pissed down your leg. 38. This, the game was so bad. The game was so one-sided. It was so much of a tail whooping. Go get the switch. The Ravens made you go get the switch? That the network turned the game off. 
I believe it was Fox. Was it Fox? I think it was Fox. Fox said we're going to another game. We don't care what region it is. We're not watching this butt whooping. They said, well, we got ratings on the line. We're going to the B game. And they went to a whole other game. MC Dan. And I get it. I mean, listen, I cover the Cowboys. I know what it feels like to have to go get the switch. But I was, I feel like Tyra Banks. Remember that episode of uh, America's Next Top Model? We were rooting for you. We were all rooting. That's how I felt for the Lions. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And you went to bed. And Fox said, we ain't going to piss on our network no more. We're out of here. Lamar Jackson, another efficient day. The receivers finally caught the football. See what happens when you actually catch the football? 21 of 27 for 357 yards and three touchdowns. Action Jackson was like, oh, I'm him. Hemi Jackson. Action Jackson was like, oh, y'all think I can't pass his football? Huh. Oh, y'all think this Lions defense is where it's at? Huh. Oh, y'all think that they, they're the darlings of the league like I ain't been dominating in the AFC for a while? Y'all just think this new startup team is going to come in here and just uh, propel themselves over top of us? Huh. 357 yards later, 38 to 6. Go get the switch. Lamar Jackson said, go get the switch. I'm daddy. I'm papa. <laughs> but guess what, Lions? You get another week. Put this game behind you. Get back on the saddle. Get back to the winning ways that you are. Moto said again, I believe, Dan, I believe in you, Dan. Come on. Get these boys ready to go. The other game. Boy, have they become mortal after they beat the brakes off the Cowboys. The Niners lose again to the Vikings. To the white dad. No, let me stop. They call Kurt. They call Dak the white Kirk Cousins, as I call Kirk Cousins the white Dak. Uh, they call Dak. Yeah, they call they call Kirk Cousins the black Dak. Whatever they they call Dak the black white black Kirk Cousins. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> let me stop being messy. This is what happens when you be messy. The Niners lose to the Vikings 22-17. Oh, Brock Purdy! You were the darling of the National Football League. 16-0 can't be beat. Didn't lose a game. Now you become mortal. You lose to the Browns and then turn around and lose to the Vikings. By the way, in prime time. Which the white deck... No, the white Kirk Cousins never wins in prime time. Never. Never. And not only did he win in prime time, he beat you. Brock Purdy, two interceptions. And I get it, you didn't have Trent Williams, so you didn't have Debo Samuel, so you're supposed to be, you, you have to make your team better. Kirk Cousins went off for 370, two TDs, and he didn't have the best wide receiver in football. Second best. I'll say Tyreek Hill's the first best. 
Tyreek Hill is the first best. Guys, he's like 45 yards away from 1,000 yards six games in, seven games in. He's the best. But Justin Jefferson is right behind him. Jet is right behind him. And Kurt said, I don't need him. You like that? Niners are looking mortal. They beat us, though. They beat the Cowboys. They may as well get the switch. Lose to the Vikings. The Eagles, who are still, to me, big bro of this division, the NFC East, took their 5-1 and one record against the Miami Dolphins. The Mi- at, since Miami's put 70 up on Denver, they've kind of been up and down. They've been a little bit up and down. I still think a real contender. But they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles 31-17. Jalen Hurts, another ho-hum day. 23 of 31 for 279 and two touchdowns through an interception. I think that's eight turnovers on the year for Jalen Hurts. See, other quarterbacks turn the football over as well. It's not just Dak. Um, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is in a zone. A.J. Brown is, is, is in a zone and, and having his way right now with DBs. This is after, remember a couple games ago, he had that little spout on the sideline with Jalen uh, Hurts? If you're a receiver and you want the rock, complain a little bit. They come to you. He has He's on a streak five games in a row, over 100, over, averaging over 125 yards a game. A lot of those games, he got 10, 11 catches, seven, eight, nine catches. He, I mean, he is, he is putting in work. It's always good when you throw the ball to your best player. I mean, that's simple math, right? One plus one is two. He good. He real good. He better than that, Joe. Throw him the ball. Don't make this thing more difficult than it has to be. The Eagles continue with their dominant season. No one does the tush push better than the Eagles. The tush push is where it's at. They got it. I'm a fan. If if you if you if you can't stop it, then that's on you. Folks trying to get it banned because they can't do it. Philly got a down pack. This is probably overall one of the most disappointing teams moving on. Philadelphia lose wins. The Pats beat the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to Bill Belichick, 300th win. Puts him in the conversation with a lot of elite company. Don Shula, I believe it is. It's who he's trailing. But the Pats are booty juice. They're, they are the sweatiest of Gooches. The foulest of Gooches out there. And this Buffalo team is is a frustrating Buffalo Bills team because the talent is there, offensively and defensively, and we continue to praise Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I'm about this close from packing you up, my boy. I'm about this close. Like, you are not in the elite category to me. You're too inconsistent. You're too inconsistent in, in, in the way that you play the game of football. If, you gotta, if you're going to be in that elite category, if you're going to be up there with Patrick Mahomes, you got to be more consistent, my boy. The Patriots? 
the Patriots? That's a terrible football team. And I get it. Division games are always tougher because they see you twice a year and they kind of stop. That team is trash. They don't know who the quarterback is. Players are hurt all over. That team is bad, Buffalo. You, 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 you frustrate me to no end. Because I want to believe that you guys are actually, excuse me, actually a Super Bowl contending team. You're not. You're not. And your quarterback is not in the elite category. He might be in the second tier, might be low second tier, but boy, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on Buffalo. I'm out. Y'all, 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 y'all like a woman on her period. Y'all just inconsistent. One day you're high, one day you're low. Y'all on y'all minstrel. I don't know. I don't even know. Like Buffalo, I'm, I'm, I'm out on you, Buffalo. Shout out, shout out, shout out to my homie that lives in Buffalo. My brother Raul is a Buffalo fan. He's a fake Buffalo fan, but he's a Buffalo fan nonetheless. He lives in Buffalo. He's from Roselle. He was like, I'm not from Roselle. You're from Roselle, bro. Shout out to Ra. He goes to these Buffalo games, spends his hard-earned money to go sit out there in the cold. I'm like, bro, you Puerto Rican. You're Puerto Rican. What do you do about cold? You're from Puerto Rico. You're from the island, bro. But you want to go out there with the Bills Mafia. I get it. I'm out of you, Bills. Until you show me some consistency, Jay Holly's out. I'm out. Steelers defeat the Rams 24-17. Yeah, 24-27, excuse me. It seems like, let me say this. This this is what all I want to say about this game. Literally, it's all I want to say about this game. No one, and I do mean no one, gets more from less than Mike Tomlin. That's it. Pittsburgh's 4-2. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't feel like it at all. Mike Tom and I don't know like Mike Tomlin is a dude. Like Mike Tomlin, he needs Mike Tomlin needs to put on a coaching seminar. Like one of those $99 with the lunch included at the hotel ballroom. Mike Tomlin needs to put on a coaching seminar. He and probably Mike McDaniels, the Mikes. Make it the Mike and Mike coaching seminar. On what it is to get more from less. There is a feeling when you hear Mike Tomlin speaks, when you hear him speak, even if you're not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, if you're a fan of leadership, if you're a fan of just someone being able to speak to you in such a way that I am ready to run through any wall that he points to, it's Mike Tomlin. As an old school type of player, I love sheer honesty. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me your expectations of me. Tell me my responsibility and then hold me to it. I think that I think that one of the things that Mike Tomlin does is he is very clear of what he wants from said player. 
There is no, I, I'm not sugarcoating it. I ain't lying to you. I, I ain't kissing your butt. I'm very clear what I need and want from said player. Very clear. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do what you said that you can do. And I'm going to hold your butt accountable every day. I'm going to hold, because I want you to hold me accountable as a coach. And I think he welcomes that. I think Mike Tomlin welcomes the accountability from his players because he demands it from them. And when you have that sort of dynamic between coach and player and the level of accountability throughout the entire organization is understood and is clear, you get the most out of players year in and year out. And when you look at this, this Steelers team, they ain't world beaters. You, I think you're kind of seeing the Pickett and Pickens show starting to kind of pick up. Uh, uh, George Pickens had over 100 yards in that game. Getting back Deontay Johnson helps another weapon for them. He had over 75 yards in that game. It helps. It helps the run game with Najee Harris. But the fact of the matter is the standard is the standard in Pittsburgh, and it's upheld day in and day out by Mike Tomlin. You remember the old saying in Remember the Titans, attitude reflects leadership? I think that team walks and talks and play in a certain way because it's a reflection of their leader. I never met Mike Tomlin in person. But boy, do I want to play for him. Boy, would I love to strap up the helmet one more time for old Mike T. You hear the, the football players speak in such high regard and with such high reverence for Mike, Mike Tomlin. They don't have to. Like, as you can tell now, former players say what the hell they want. And you can't find a guy. Even loco Antonio Brown speaks of high standards for Mike Tomlin. No one gets more from less than Mike Tomlin. And, and I'm always going to be, if, if he wrote a book, I'd read, did he write a book? I won't say he wrote a book and I didn't read it. If he wrote a book, I'd probably read it. If he had the $99 with the lunch included hotel seminar on coaching, even though I don't want to coach, have no desire, he wrote a book. Did he write a book? I got to get the book. <laughs> I'm going to read it. The soul of football. The soul, the soul of a football coach. I, the soul of a football coach. Gosh darn it, I'm going to read the book. Maybe audio. Because I want to hear him talk. But if he did one of those $99 seminars, with the lunch, lunch got to be included, Mike. If he, by Tony Dungy. Oh, per, even more perfect. $99, lunch included, pick the hotel ballroom, your boy Jay Holly's there. I want to hear you talk. No one gets more from less than Mike Tomlin. I'm even like, I don't have no more plays left in me, but if I did, I try to give it to him in Pittsburgh for old Mike T. Moving on to the NBA, Giannis the Greek Freak. All offseason, he talked about, you know, I don't know when I'm going to sign my extension. Got to give me some help. What they do? They went and got damn time. Now they got freak time. Got to have the gyrations. If, if freak time is not doing this at least three gyrations, we're out. Signs an extension, three-year, $186 million. Locks him up for the next couple years there. Hopefully him and Dame and Chris Middleton and company can do some things. 
season kicks off around the corner. Wimby is not a human. Did you see the picture of him? I tweeted out the picture, and I put enough's enough. And I tweeted Agent J and Agent K from MIB. Come get him. Go down to San Antonio and get him. Because that joker, like the girl on the plane, that dude is not real. He's no way. He's blocking three-point shots and leaving from the free throw line. He is an alien. But he said, I am aiming to play all 82 games. That's going to be interesting because guys usually his side, what is he, about 7'4", 7'5"? He's mad tall and athletic. Big feet. Feet feet look like feet look like little yachts, little boats, canoes. 7'4". 7'4". That doesn't usually work. That's like, think about all the 7'4 dudes that's been in the, national, in, in, in the NBA. They don't play all games, but I think I think this dude is of outer space world, living among us, found a basketball, learned how to play it. So they want to play all 82 games. I'm interested to see it. The league is in good hands with this young talent. And last but not least, uh, the Brad Beal of the Phoenix Suns, he might be out already. The big three in Phoenix, in the desert, already one down. Brad Beal dealing with a back ailment. Suns saying he might not make the opener this week. NBA oh, kicks off. He's ruled out. An hour ago. Oh, well, hey, <laughs> Brad Beal's out. NBA, when you guys watch this, the NBA season will be underway that day. A lot of interesting topics. Luka, Kyrie, who's going to be the man? Can they work together? The big three in the desert. Big two now. Brad Bill's hurt. Don't know. Backs. Backs never get better. As you get older. They never do. They just never do. Backs and age. Oil and water. They don't go well together. They just don't. But interesting, interesting season underway. NBA. This is the most wonderful time of the year. Hockey started. NFL in full swing. NBA starts up. When y'all watch this, that day. We're in the World Series of Baseball. Everything is happening. This is this is the what, what do you call it? The the Kutaruchi board? The 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 Katuchi board, whatever what is it called? The, the whatever that board is with all the meats. Pause. College football too, College football. Dion was on by last week, so I have a story for Dion. He's back. Colorado's back this week. I have a story for Dion. I don't know. We'll figure it out. They, they better find some wins or they ain't going they ain't going they, they ain't going nowhere. My Tar Heels wet the bed. God, Lee. God, Lee. Come on. Tar Heels, you lose to so a 1-5 Virginia team. God. I want to throw this pin. <laughs> Pisses me off. But um, what is that called? The Karuchi board? Whatever the board is. Whatever, whatever that board is, that's what we have. We have a Karuchi board of sports. All the meats that you want. Pause. All of the sports that you want. Sliced up on the Karuche board. All right, man, that's that's it for me. Thank you guys, man, for, for rocking out with me. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. I took a number two before the show. I did. I washed my hands, though. Um, 
but I feel good. I hope I look good, but I let out. I let Chipotle. If you want us too much, TMI. We I thought we was family. Thought this was a family show. I thought I thought we were all in this together. But boy, thank you guys for being here with me. Didn't know if I was gonna make it today. I didn't know. I was, but I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm so thankful that you're here with me as well, man. So much more that we have to get into. So come on back. Come on back. Let's let's do this thing together. Like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Mr. Fourth and Long on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, Fanatics View. Find it on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. I'm outside. You got to be outside with me. Listen to what I have to say, please. I beg you. Um, that's it for me, man. Until next time. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because it's your life. And like I said earlier, you are needed. You are needed. Say it with me. You, I, am needed. I'm out. Eliminate the contingencies. Let's go.